0: It's time for Breaking Bread with Papa. Hey! Don't you know? Hey! It's our goal. Hey! It's time for Breaking Bread with Papa. Hey! Don't you know? Hey! It's also a show. Hey!
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Breaking Bread with Tom Papa. You guys are the best. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for being a part of, uh, of this beautiful Table. We have a great show for you guys today. We have the very funny, very funny. <laughs> we have the very funny Erica Rhodes on the program. She's so great. I've worked with her a whole bunch. She's super funny. I'm a little worried that she doesn't eat enough, so I'm giving her nothing but carbs. I'm giving her bread. I'm giving her cookies, and we're going to uh, make sure that she that she eats more. <laughs> uh, we also have a writer on the program, H. Claire Brown, super, super talented writer. And I sought her out because she wrote an article on the long haulers who lose their taste and smell from COVID, which for all of us food-loving people here on the podcast is a nightmare. I mean, dying from COVID is pretty bad. Losing your taste and smell... Oh, Nellie. And our good friend Dave Keckner, as we've talked about before, the great actor and funny human being, it's been over a year that he has not had. Hopefully when he gets his vaccine, hopefully she'll give us some answers. H. Claire Brown. She'll be coming up a little later. And then we're going to get a quick bite with Joe Coy, who has a new book out called Mixed Plate. It's his story of his life as a Filipino-American. Super funny guy. I brought him bread a whole bunch of times. He is uh, just a great spirit, a great funny person. So we're going to get on the phone and grab a quick bite with Joe Coy. So we're packed. We have a lot going on. I'm not going to go into too much about what I've been eating and preparing over the last week, although I did have an opportunity to take another run at Carbonara. Uh, it did not have guanciale. It had pancetta. There is a difference. The guanciale It's just better. I guess it has a little more flavor and a little more fat, probably. But the pancetta was pretty good. But the biggest part of, you know, we've been on this carbonara quest. um, And my buddy, Matteo Lane, has been kind of our spiritual guide. I did not call him. I figured I got enough from him. Let's simplify this. Let's just be basic about it. Get those egg yolks and pecorino cheese. That's it and just mix those together, and just keep your eyes open, and have an idea of what is going to give you the right balance. And I have to say, while not perfect, it was pretty damn good. So the Carbonara quest continues, and uh, I recommend you try it as well. All right, let's not waste any time. Let's get Erica Rhodes on the program. She has a new special coming out, my VN Rhodes off of Erica Rhodes. She's super talented, super funny, and just a delightful person. So enjoy this conversation with my good pal, Erica Rhodes. Hi, Erica. Hi, Tom. Thanks for coming.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So uh, I didn't know what your ethnicity was. I mean, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah, Um,
2: at least a year
1: but nothing really pops out. I figured maybe something Nordic. Um, I didn't know what kind of food to get you. So then I just got you treats.
2: Oh, I love treats. I
1: got you this beautiful French bread. Oh. Cause I feel like you don't eat enough. This is, there was like, a, there was like the- Oh, part that's of,
2: very sweet of you. There
1: was the part of my <laughs> Italian grandmother that was like, who would always say, will you stop it, you don't eat enough. <laughs>
2: I wish I had someone like that in my family. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like, you just need to eat in general. So I <laughs> so I got you some uh some
2: Ooh, cookies. That's so nice.
1: Mm-hmm. And some meringue. I don't know, I, I wasn't gonna get the meringue, but then when I saw the meringue, I was like, they kinda remind me of you.
2: That's funny. Meringue reminds me of my grandmother actually. She oh, always made that? meringue pie. Lemon meringue pie. Really? Yeah.
1: All right. Well, these are so, for you. You can thank have those. You. Wow. I feel like you, sh- you should eat more.
2: That looks really good. Well, I, I ate plenty during quarantine. Did you? Yeah.
1: Did you make your own food?
2: Mm, <laughs> debatable. I'm
1: supporting... <laughs> that was the whole thing. I'm supporting all these businesses by oh, ordering yeah. <laughs> Postmates 20 times yeah, a Yeah, exactly.
2: Day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm helping the, the economy.
1: But... <laughs> I was thinking that the other day I'm like I think they I think they survived. Like why am I still ordering every day ordering like $100 and tipping 25%?
2: My problem is I went to the grocery store a lot.
1: You did. Yeah,
2: but the overpriced one.
1: Oh, yeah, the fancy one. Yeah. Well, that's good though. I just
2: like the little, you know, juices and mm-hmm. the fresh made stuff.
1: You know, they are more expensive but they are better. Yeah. You know, there's a little more, some of the cheaper ones in our area, the produce is... Uh,
2: I know, the avocados are just <laughs> never that great. It's and a then, little mangy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They're just not good. So yeah, the produce is always good where I go.
1: Yeah. That's, that's why I, yeah, same. And you can, same. you can text
2: them. You can text them and be like, you know, I don't think this was supposed to be $30. You can? Yeah. And then they'll call you and they'll be like, we made a mistake.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, really? They, yeah,
2: they really give you a lot of attention.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because I have been in a waiting game with them. Because there's this <laughs> one granola that's really good. Are you
2: talking about the same place that I'm talking about?
1: Does it rhyme with Melsons? No. Oh. Different one. Does it rhyme with mole moods? No. Hmm.
2: Should I tell you? Yeah, tell me. Erewhon.
1: Erewhon? Yeah. I don't even know Erewhon. You don't? No.
2: You're missing out. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. But
2: it's overpriced. I mean, I admit th- I admit this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you think that it's better than Melsons?
2: Well, I never got into... See, I'm not... I don't buy a lot of meat and things like that. So I feel like Gelsons is good for meat. Is it? Yeah. I never... Oh, that's not what you get there?
1: I'm going for the produce.
2: Oh. hmm I bet they're about the same.
1: Okay. Yeah. I don't know from these people. <laughs> because I would love to text the, the, the people at Melson's. I don't well, know why. Why I don't can't know. you call I, I, Why can't I just say Gelsons? Uh, because the, I've been in a waiting game with them. Because granola is usually like 6 $7 yeah. for a bag of granola. And there's a whole bunch of them. And then there's this one that came out. I forget the name of it. It's woman-owned. It's the best granola I've ever had. And it's $10 a bag. And I that's just normal I'm like,
2: though that's normal for good granola,
1: Yeah, but all the other granolas are six seven dollars the whole like area of granola
2: well, why do you like the more expensive one
1: because it's so good
2: there well that's why it's ten dollars
1: I'm not paying it,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it, don't you think it's worth it to pay like a, four extra dollars for the exact thing you want? it
1: is I think good it's
2: worth it,
1: but it really feels like they're it feels like something's wrong. I want to be able to text them and ask.
2: I mean, Erewhon's granola
1: mm. is like 50, 50 bucks. <laughs> 15? 15 No. Really? Yep. Jeez Louise. Maybe
2: I should go to Gelson's and get the granola that you're not getting because you think it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not.
1: So what is your ethnicity? What is... Um, oh.
2: Half... A Russian Jew on my dad's side, and then half Swedish on my mom's side.
1: Oh. And a tiny
2: bit of English on my mom's side, too.
1: Oh. That's a fun combo. So what was the food yeah. in your house?
2: Mm, choose your own adventure.
1: Mom didn't cook.
2: She did a little bit. She. I'm trying to think what she made that I liked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to think about it.
2: No, she made things that were good. Mm-hmm. She, um... On holiday, she made spinach balls, which were like, I think that's Swedish influenced.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
2: Really good spinach balls.
1: Spinach balls? Mm-hmm. Like a meatball with spinach?
2: Well, no, yeah, yeah, but with no, no meat. Yeah, no meat because she's a pescatarian. And so oh. then I turned pescatarian later, too. You did? Yeah, so I don't eat meat.
1: When but did I eat you? Fish. How old? 21. hmm. Why?
2: I just never really liked meat. And then I ate chicken once and it, I was just like, eh.
1: what am i doing
2: i dated two guys who are vegetarians back to back too Mm -hmm. so that probably influenced yeah me and my mom
1: right but no problem with the fish
2: no i love fish you do i love salmon Mm -hmm. it's like one of my favorite foods
1: i ordered a uh a thing of salmon during the pandemic it's like a giant box of salmon Mm. from like norway and it's great and it comes in like these little individual things but you do reach a point where you start to see salmon in your dreams (laughs) really yeah wait is
2: it smoked salmon or is it just no
1: it's just these little fillets and then you just cook them
2: now how do you you recommend cooking salmon because that's one thing i'd like to learn how and i'm I'm not good at it because i always overcook it Mm -hmm. and i don't really have a proper oven so how would you cook it over the stove
0: what do you
1: mean by a proper oven?
2: Um, I don't have one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe you should stop a... spending 50 bucks on granola and get yourself an oven.
2: Well, I'm probably gonna like move before I that happens. Right you know, like I live in like a little guest house. Uh-huh. And I have everything else I need. I've got you know a stove I've got a toaster right and you can turn the toaster into a pseudo oven if you need to right but I don't really have a typical oven
1: right at the moment how long you been in this guest house a year a year Mhm. I think you were moving
2: yeah I think I told you I was moving I was moving in the middle of the pandemic
1: right but I
2: was so glad because my old apartment was not good
1: Did you live in a haunted place? Yes. Right. That's what I remember.
2: Yeah. It was creepy.
1: Oh, it was creepy. Something creepy creepy. happened there.
2: Yes. Someone committed suicide.
1: In that apartment?
2: Not in mine, but in the building. In the
1: building. Mm -hmm. While I was there. While you were there.
2: But it already had felt haunted before that. Right. It was haunted and then it felt more haunted.
1: Oh, geez. After that
2: happened, a lot of weird stuff happened and it felt
1: like... Like what?
2: Well, we had the, the reason I signed the lease to begin with as a manager was this amazing woman who seemed kind of like a Mary Poppins type, uh-huh. like she really took care of the lobby and she knew what was going on and she really cared about the place. And right after the suicide happened, she quit mysteriously. She just sort of announced she was quitting mm-hmm. and for a va- variety of reasons. And then after that, every manager after was just completely inept Really? And the whole building started to decay and they had all these water plumbing issues and just the whole thing was, yeah.
1: And Mary Poppins didn't like give you a hint on the way out, like before she took off with her umbrella, like, hey, there's she, trouble a- coming.
2: She said it in her eyes. She did. Yeah. She kind of, she had a meeting with us all and she was kind of like, yeah, I just don't like how things are going.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
2: And she actually moved across the street. She moved to a house across the street.
1: And just watched the decay.
2: Yeah. She, and I would text her once in a while, like, please come back. Please.
1: That's funny. You seem to have text relationships with a lot of people that normally you don't have text relationships with, like supermarkets.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's and true. And trolling
1: managers.
2: I've always depended on the kindness of strangers. <laughs>
1: Well, the guest house sounds delightful. It's
2: great. And I live behind a comic and his wife. And like, it's perfect. Oh. They're they're my friends.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Do I know them? Am I friends with them?
2: Um, his name's Matt Ritter. He's a comic, but he's veered more into writing. Right. So he's like a screenwriter.
1: So is it? Okay, being close to people that you know and like, like sometimes you just want to like come in and really like, okay.
2: it's like perfect Is because it? they mostly we keep to ourselves, but then once in a while they'll invite me over for dinner and talk about good cooking. They are both great, really, they are so good, it's uh, inspiring, really, mm-hmm. really talented.
1: Oh, that's good. Who, what do they make you?
2: Everything like fish, and they get their fish at the farmer's market. I mean, they do really fresh, really good. Mm-hmm. And then they've made gnocchi and yeah, different pasta dishes and nice. Um, sometimes like yeah, I don't know, all sorts of stuff.
1: Because they have an oven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'd let me use their oven if I really <laughs> need, wanted to.
1: <laughs> you could make the salmon in your toaster oven.
2: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Do you recommend I put it in tin in foil. foil. Yeah. Okay.
1: Just some. Little garlic and butter and lemon.
2: And put it in foil. And how foil long up, usually? Throw it
1: in there. In a proper oven, like 15 minutes. Okay. In your oven, about two and a half days. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You'd laugh at my setup because I have to take the, I, so the toaster is above the fridge and I have to take the toaster and then put it on the, on the table on the opposite side of my kitchen and then I have to plug it in down but like it barely reaches so then I have to put the, I don't know, what the outlet thing up higher and so it's like dangling off and then it's just very awkward.
1: You know? Sounds dangerous. <laughs> it sounds like New York. New York apartment living.
2: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's funny because it's like the, the setup's perfect for me. Like I don't really need a huge place. Right. But just the cooki- cooking is a little <laughs> bit challenging.
1: <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> but you, if you're going to supermarkets, you're cooking during all I mean, this.
2: I make a lot of salads and I do make right. like eggs and things like that. Right. But right. I don't, I'm not that ambitious with.
1: Other things. I I
2: did recently try to make like this like stir fry type thing, but Uh, then I think soy sauce gives me a headache because it's too much sodium.
1: Oh yeah, you know, and Mm -hmm. so
2: that I was like, I don't think that's something I want to make.
1: Yeah, I made something. I was like, why is my stir fry so boring? And I'm like, what are you making it? Just like usually, just tofu and broccoli and
2: that sounds great.
1: Rice and yeah, but it was like I could just tell that from. Everyone in the house, like, all right, stir fry night. <laughs> you, you know you what I mean? Do you put
2: just soy sauce or do you put like a bunch of.
1: It was just soy sauce. Just so soy then I sauce. looked up because I'm kind of. Uh, I, I never really paid attention to Asian cooking. Like I would yeah. always just get that out. I love it. I, I mean, love it too. But yeah. like, what do they do? It was right. like, a, I didn't, never really got into it. So I found one recipe for tofu and broccoli and it was two different soy sauces. Mm. This other sauce, um, uh, rice wine vinegar. Right. There was like a uh, hoisin.
2: Oh, yeah. That's what I had, too. Yeah. That also kind of gives me a headache.
1: By the time all that combination yeah. was done, it was tasted pretty good, looked better. But a lot of sodium, S- like you feel at the end of it, like.
2: Yeah. A lot of salt.
1: Yeah. I uh, I don't know. Not too good.
2: Did I tell you about the time that I did order? I think this is why I haven't ordered more on. Um, oh.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, Postmates.
1: What happened?
2: I ordered from my vegan. Um, well, actually, this isn't Postmates. This mm-hmm. is just my my the place I went to. It's a vegan Thai place, and I went there all the time. Yeah. There were bugs in the brown rice. Bugs. Bugs, and I kept eating it. Because I convinced my, because I called them and I was like, there are these little brown things in the rice. Like, what could it be? And they said, oh, yeah, that's a, they said something like, that's a probably that's probably part of the um, herb or something like that. Or or it could be basil. And I was, yeah, okay. And I kept eating. And then later I was like, I think they have legs.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs)
2: I was like, I think these have legs. And I had kept eating it.
1: (laughs) Oh. And then
2: I was finally like, these are definitely bugs.
1: Jeez Louise. Definitely
2: ate a bunch of bugs.
1: Oh. And after
2: that, I was like, I can't, I couldn't eat Thai food for like six months.
1: And I love Thai food. And it
2: was vegan. So it's even more ironic that they had bugs in it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) They're being so thoughtful, and then there's just killing insects. Yeah, I find that a lot of vegans really hate bugs, though. I feel like they take out their aggression. Yeah, I find that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they're they're trying so hard to be nice to the animal kingdom, yeah, and it kind of goes against the human nature. So then, when they see insects, they just go to town.
2: Really. That's interesting. They get very
1: aggressive. They're like...
2: I have had to kill a bunch of spiders this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty fearless.
1: (laughs) What's your method?
2: Just I just go, sorry, sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least... (laughs) I do
2: say sorry. I feel bad as I'm doing it. Sorry, sorry.
1: (laughs) I had had risotto in a New York restaurant, a a pretty nice place. It was kind of a fancy, show busy dinner.
2: Uh huh. Uh oh. With a
1: bunch of people. And I found, um, I think it was roach or some kind oh, of bug in my the risotto. <gasps> the risotto. The risotto was worst. so good. I was like, just get it out of there and I'll just keep eating it. And Are you serious? <laughs> everyone was like, no, no. And, and I had to pretend that I was grossed out by it, but I kind of wasn't. Really? I was like, yeah, something fell in, it got cooked. And everyone was like, no. And they were coming out and like, making you're very sure.
2: Zen, though. We were talking about meditation, that you do a lot of that. I do. And I'm thinking of doing it, too.
1: Uh, well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You and you're still thinking. Well, about I texted
2: it? your guy and he didn't text me back. What? Yeah.
1: Hmm. Did you drop my name? Yeah. Maybe, oh. Maybe he
2: doesn't get texts. Maybe he's, he's a real meditation guy.
1: Who knows? You know, it's going to be interesting as we, call him. as we come out of COVID. It's going to be interesting to see who's, who's still, still, here. still there. <laughs> That's terrible. I know, but it's
0: true. I was
2: thinking it's like a high school reunion where you're like, "What do what are, what did this year do to you?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like an entire, you know, life span went went by and it's like, "What did what did life do to you this year?" Yeah. You're all coming out like Everyone yeah. <laughs> everyone looks a little bit shell shocked. Yeah, they're just like a little <laughs> like, different.
1: I saw Alec some- Baldwin had some like long post on his Instagram last night and he's just like pontificating outside this house that he bought in in the Hamptons years ago and he was being very earnest and uh, COVID's just changed every molecule of my being. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh really? I almost really? felt like I almost felt like did I handle it too well? <laughs> like what do you mean?
2: <laughs> yeah, what do you mean it changed ev- Like, What do you mean it changed everything? Le- how, uh,
1: yeah, like you to, don't... to the point where he doesn't want to live in the house that he was in, that he loved and adored for 30 years. And it's just like, ah, it just changed everything. I got to get out of here. And I was just like, what?
2: Really? Like things were so difficult for him?
1: Or so like, yeah, like, like so. What,
2: what did he go through?
1: I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where, and I'm not saying this is the case with him, but. It's almost like when people are too are super smart, like really mm-hmm. smart, mm-hmm. they don't let themselves off the hook with when things happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's a writer actually for the New York Times and his writing keeps going to this kind of somber <laughs> place. And I'm like, <laughs> "Come on, like yeah. Let's go. It's been a year and a half. Let's Let's kind of rally. What are you doing? I know. But they almost like they're so intelligent that they actually see clearly the end of times. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. It's almost like their brains aren't aren't, um, helping them out.
2: But you're saying this as as though you're not super smart, but you are super smart.
1: No. Yes. um, um, No.
2: Yes.
1: No. (laughs) I have enough dumbness in me to be like... (laughs) Or naivete or just hopefulness.
2: Yeah, well, to, but, to hope, just be, but hope isn't a bad, that's not, that shouldn't just be attributed to people who aren't as smart. No, that should I, be a sort of like human nature quality,
1: like yeah. a, um,
2: about perseverance, mm-hmm. you know, should be a little bit more Yeah, uh, like about... Someone who wants to rise above it,
1: oh, rather I think than it's,
3: like, oh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: yeah. Well, look, I, I yeah. did, don't. You think that it's yeah, you're better off just being like, well, yeah. Analytically, this is very impactful and a lot yeah. of lives or whatever, and and yeah, maybe <laughs> it, maybe it does. Maybe it does mean like you know the end of everything that we knew. And but there has to be an element of just blissful ignorance, and it's not even. And like, or maybe even—that's
2: oh, my phone.
1: Oh, is it? I thought it's a cool ring.
2: It is. I think it's just a generic ring. Is it? Yeah. Sorry, that's very unprofessional.
1: Uh, that I like it's... it. It's, it's fine. <laughs> that's
2: hope calling. Maybe it's Alec Baldwin <laughs> <Yeah>. calling.
1: <laughs> But no,
2: I think I, I think that it's like you're supposed to rise above it. You know, you're supposed to find what's good or yeah. what we learned in a good, positive way. Hopefully,
1: a hundred percent. I'm with you. I, I think that those people are too complicated. Haven't you met yeah. people that are just too?
2: Oh yeah, and I feel like I get in that mode sometimes too. But, you do, but yeah, but then i I also have that naive side
1: of me that yeah. can
2: sort of shut everything out.
1: Yeah, I think you need it. I yeah. I think you truly need it. You tr- and, you know, as comedians, it's like, it's kind of the point is that right, you don't take s- any of it that seriously.
2: Exactly.
1: Like, when I meet people that are super sincere, it really bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> really, like, yeah. like in their relationships and they're just like, want to discuss how they're doing? In that a was relationship. a funny thing
2: about Clubhouse. Did you ever go on Clubhouse? The, no. The app that like they invented just in time before we opened up again. Oh,
1: was that the one where everyone was it's just speaking audio? Yeah. yeah, it's just
2: audio, and you would go into these rooms, and you and you would just hear people so serious about <laughs> everything. Yeah. you're just like, how is ev- like there'd be no humor at all. It oh, would be God. like this is why that you know this is what you need to do in Hollywood. Like, there's a lot of like advice stuff oh, and. And no humor at all. Why? It's just sad. Do do you think that's
1: how most people live?
2: Yes. I Mm. I mean, I'm afraid so. (laughs) I mean, that's according to that app. It felt like, whoa, there are so many serious people.
1: That app, the idea for that app was so repulsive to me that I didn't even, like, normally I'll check them out. That one I was just like, there's no way that everyone getting together and just listening to people yammer on. I oh. did a
2: joke one with my friend Aaron where we <laughs> pretended we wrote a play and then we had actors improvise it, but like it was like acting like they were acting out the play we didn't write. And so and we would just give them a topic and then they would improvise badly and then we would do a Q&A after. And so improv already was ridiculous when it's just audio. And then at the end, we'd be like, how did that make you feel? Like, what did you feel about all the like, you know, were people sincere about it? Oh, well like over the top though oh right right. like that was a joke right you know <laughs> I feel like that's the only way to do it is yeah. to just make fun of the app in a way
1: yeah that's how I felt that's whenever people are that way I'm always waiting for the joke right like when Alec Baldwin was talking I was literally like when's he letting yeah. us off the hook yeah when's he gonna be like that's yeah that's what
2: but, I'm I yeah. always listen for that too because it's it's yeah. too much otherwise Like it's, it's way too much too much pressure
1: <laughs> I know it's like, I was like, what do you do? I like, yeah, you wanted to like call him and be like, cheer up, little guy. You'll be okay.
2: <laughs> or did you ever watch Kevin Spacey's video where he's on a bench and he's like talking about how tough everything's been for him and then it's like oh, a god. suicide hotline thing and there's like no humor in it. Oh god. And it's also his first video, you know, back.
1: Oh, and was that the one? And he's still doing like the accent of the character he was playing.
2: Yeah, something Jeez. like, and it was just so serious. You're like, you, you really need an outlet, don't you? <laughs> like, you really need this. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't understand the. Uh, I just know it would not be healthy for me to no walk around like not seeing what the laugh is in all of it. Yeah, you know, there's
2: always a laugh. Yeah, eventually
1: there you were know. there was definitely a lot of people during this whole time that were that way and like well the covid's just uh, it's like who's gotten more affected than us like live performing know. you know what i mean yeah oh it's so
2: poor hard. alec baldwin
1: <laughs> and he's in his <laughs> yard and you like see the house behind him it's like this gorgeous big house this huge farmland and you're like
2: You're like, are we supposed to feel sad for you? Like poor Alan Baldwin? What's happening? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's depressing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a funny guy. So I was just waiting for the, I don't know. I also feel like something's going on. When people post that much directly into the camera.
2: Yeah, it's weird.
1: I feel like they're more lonely than they should be.
2: Mm. you know what i mean oh it's a cry for help
1: <laughs> a little bit they're
2: like is anyone out there do you <laughs> yeah. see me
1: yeah it's... there's people i know in that house but i'm gonna talk to you instead
2: that's what i always i always have a, a theory about social media that mm. people are like actually subconsciously just talking to one person they know all the time <laughs> like every time they post they're uh-huh. it's like aimed subconsciously at like somebody right even if it's like a metaphorical, like it's like a person that <laughs> yeah. represents a thing. Uh-huh. Like, they're not really talking to everyone because if you actually thought you were talking to all the people that follow you or, or watch you, mm-hmm. then you'd be a lot more careful what you say. <laughs> right.
1: They're <laughs> <laughs> just talking to whoever. Yeah.
2: They're just thinking of that one person and yeah. it's kind of aimed at that person.
1: <laughs> so maybe
2: he was like, his video was like aimed at someone. Yeah. Dad? Are you out there? You
1: just, <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. The constant analyzing of what your mental state is is troubling.
2: Yeah, well that's why I think the meditation thing's interesting because I think the whole point of that is to like not get so attached to mm-hmm. to your thoughts or your feelings like it doesn't matter that much.
1: No, exactly.
2: You know? Yeah.
1: Like, oh, I'm so upset that he didn't text you back.
2: Oh, you no. Told me. Well, I was going to try calling him because I thought maybe that would be a better method because I don't know. Or maybe he changed his phone number.
1: How weird that a transcendental meditation person is causing you stress. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's causing you stress. I was fine. Now he's causing me yeah, stress. <laughs> but I do want to do trans because, you mm-hmm. know, when somebody gave me sort of a, you know, quick rundown of how it works mm-hmm. and I tried it, even though I was cheating, I know, because you need to go and do the thing.
1: Well, then Yeah.
2: And I just tried it with the meditation, with the thing they gave me, Mm -hmm. the mantra they gave me. Yeah. I was like, the way that they teach it is different than any other method.
1: It is. It's much
2: more creative. And easier. Yes. It's
1: more simple. Yes. That's the big thing. Like I always messed around with it, like from college on reading in books and Mm -hmm. hearing from people of like different ways of meditating. Like one was (laughs) sit like, it's too complicated. One was like, sit, picture yourself sitting on the bottom of a river, in the riverbed, like under the water, and your your thoughts are contained in these bubbles that are rising up to the surface, and just watch them as they go up the, up to the surface. And then your next thing is thinking about your mom, and you see that bubble, and, it, and just watch it go all the way. I'm in water, I'm underneath, I'm not breathing, I'm watching bubbles with my mom in it. You <laughs> don't know what's happening. There's
2: too many visuals. It's too, too much. 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 <laughs>
1: Way too much. Way too much. TM <laughs> is just so simple.
2: Yes, that's what I love about it. When and, I tried it, you know, like. Yeah. And I like that it tells you, it doesn't do that thing where it says, uh, let it go. It says fo- It actually says follow it. Right? right. Follow your thoughts.
1: Don't. Right.
2: Don't try not to think it. And
1: like angrily is, bring yourself back from yeah. having these random thoughts. Like, you're going to have random thoughts.
2: Exactly. But I love the idea of like following it. Where does it go? And then. Yeah. You get into this uncensored place creatively where you're like, oh, I've got all these ideas. and it's,
1: Yeah. And it's very interesting. Sometimes your mind will be really racy mm-hmm. and it will go through all of this. But oh, invariably, at some point during the 20 minutes, you just realize that they've kind of stopped or they've gotten Right. You've fewer.
2: explored all of them.
1: Yeah. Because sometimes your brain just has to go work out all of this stuff. Right. But it's that thing of not being like dragging yourself back to not
0: thinking. That
2: never works. That never works. Because then worked. I get into judgment. Like, why can't I not think? And I can't stop <laughs> That's thinking. That's what everyone does. Everyone, yeah, everyone. And then you hate it you know yeah, right. and then you know you don't want to do yourself. it yeah you hit yeah it's not yeah i don't think it's intuitive at all like it's the way they normally not. teach meditation Mm-mm. so that's why i liked the idea of tm
1: it's also the most effective whatever it is it's just like i can't really analyze exactly why or but i know that how i feel throughout the rest of my day is better is yeah it just works where the other ones were like it was good in the moment or i feel like a little bit more relaxed or something this is just has long-term effects on your days yeah
2: when you initially joined did you go somewhere in la or did you in la
1: yeah Yeah.
2: Yeah. did you go to a plate like yeah
1: where this guy who i gave you the number i went and met with him oh and
2: where'd you get his number
1: um from a friend oh who had gone
2: i hope he's okay (laughs) I do too. <laughs> You're like he—he he swims with dolphins. He sounds so cool.
1: <laughs> I know he swims with dolphins, and he, uh, yeah, and he was—he was in Hollywood. Or West, when
2: have you talked to him last?
1: Like a year ago.
2: You better check on him. Make sure he's okay.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. But I think that you need—we need to find out who's going to talk to you. Right. See, that's the thing, though. It's—it's. It's, like, when you say you're cheating because someone gave you a mantra and you just did it. Yeah. They're not, like, magical people.
2: Right. He studied
1: it and stuff. So the mantra he gave me, this was always my thing with it. It was like, once I just learn about it, aren't I good to go? Can I just do it? Yeah. It was just hearing him explain it kind of just get you into a better understanding of it. But it's not like when they pick your mantra, like... You know, they like, do, do like a little ceremony and they're like, they give you this word. Yeah. Couldn't I give you a word?
2: Well, that's what my friend said. That he gave me the, he gave me a mantra. Yeah. You know?
1: Then you're probably good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always good to hear from somebody else.
2: I don't know why I like the idea of it being this official thing. I know. You know, it feels kind of like.
1: Yeah. But like where, he's just a person.
2: But where'd you get your mantra from? Like
1: From him. But did you give him? Guy.
2: Did you give him information about yourself? That no, he didn't...
1: we just talked and hung out, and it was like four days, like for like an hour each time.
2: And what did you do during that hour? Just talk. I don't about even it? know. I forget. It was like five hundred dollars.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you're telling me, don't spend the money? No, you should. Oh, really? Yeah, because you know right what it way? is.
1: There's like yeah, because there's this uh, there's this feeling that. there's always a nagging feeling. Yeah. Like you didn't
2: do it the right way.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you don't want to be thinking of that while you're meditating.
2: Right. (laughs) It's worth it. Just to have peace of mind. Like I did it the right way.
1: Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I got it from the dolphin guy.
2: Do you do it twice a day? Like they tell you to do? Yeah. You do every day?
1: Yeah. (gasps) Wow. I did it once a day for a long time. Um, And then I started doing it twice which is like just after you wake up
2: 20 minutes
1: 20 minutes
2: wow see i was doing it once a day for a while and i, d- I did notice it was helping mm-hmm. but then i've really fallen off the wagon
1: i have i've only missed two days since i what? started mm-hmm.
2: wow see because i was
1: busy running around and see your bait you're, ba- you're saying like
2: oh these people are so smart. That's why they're so tortured. And maybe mm-hmm. if they found, you know, med- some form of meditation that helped them, they wouldn't be so tortured.
1: Yeah. No, but I think that their brains... I, look, I'm not saying that they're better than us. I think they're worse off than us. Like, I've seen people end up dead because their brains couldn't shut off. You know what I mean? Like
2: No, I know. But you're attributing it to, like, an, an intelligence thing. And I'm saying... It's unhinged intelligence. It's intelligence. That unharnessed. Has, unharnessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unhinged.
1: Unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading now?
2: Um. What am I reading?
1: Because you turned me on to.
2: Oh, yeah. The, the
1: um, Moscow book. Gentleman in Moscow. Gentleman
2: in Moscow.
1: Which was so good. Isn't it? It was one of my favorite books in the last couple of years. It
2: is such a good book.
1: So good. Did you read the other one by him? Amber Tolls?
2: I have not.
1: Is that... Amber um, Tolles.
2: Amber Tolles. Right. He's such a good writer. The Rules
1: of Civility.
2: No, have you read that? I did. You did?
1: It's not as good as Moscow, mm. in my opinion. I. But I'm also... I love being in a hotel, so I like the idea of someone. Yeah, I love the
2: description. Yeah, and and you can feel the claustrophobia, sort Uh of. You can feel like, oh, you can't leave, and Mm -hmm.
1: but also liking it.
2: Yeah, and I loved the girl Nina. Yeah, I just it was beautiful popping
1: up in the secret. It took me a
2: little while to get into it in the beginning. It was a little bit descriptive at the beginning, and then it just took off and is such a beautifully written book.
1: And civility is the same thing. It has those same elements. It almost... They both kind of have that thing of uh, of like the cleanliness or the accuracy of the dialogue of like when you watch like old movies.
2: Yes. Like every
1: social interaction is so clean. Yes. We start it. We have a funny back and forth. And then someone always just wraps up the conversation in the perfect way. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well,
4: yeah. that would
1: be wonderful. <laughs> But exactly Eric, erica i'll see you in the, in the just yes. out It's like oh like they know whatever an uncomfortable situation
0: yeah a romantic
1: one a, a a fight whatever it is they're just always the dialogue is so crisp and you feel like life is orderly
2: right and
1: i felt like that's what he captured in those books
2: yeah i wonder how you learn how to write like that in this age you know because it's, yeah, it's well, so stylistically different than what we normally are yeah. exposed to it's mm-hmm. so different Yeah, it's not like movies now and it's not like books now so he must he must read a lot of classic fiction
1: right i know there is that thing and sometimes i try and impart that in my own life Mm -hmm. of of like there are there's there's a real benefit to manners that have been taught and passed on like there's just follow those rules and you'll get through it rather than just being at like a in a conversation and just saying something awkward and walking off. Like, it's
2: right. like, no, if you
1: just follow the rules of how you're supposed to say hello and goodbye.
2: Yeah. It
1: actually, we need it.
2: Right. We're,
1: we're hairy clods. We don't know, like follow the rules.
2: Yeah. It is. There's something kind of nice about it.
1: A hundred percent.
2: When a writer captures that.
1: But it's hard to live that way. Oh yeah. Like even, <laughs> even I've been trying to toast.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Like, have a moment of, like, a toast, like, if you're with some friends, and, and uh, you'll be like, think of something to say that would be a good little toast at this moment. Right. I can't tell you how no one has the patience for, like, as soon as you, I raise a glass, i will be like, a toast. Cheers. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, <laughs> <It's> like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's a very difficult thing to get a toast in, because we're not in that rhythm. It isn't wow. that thing. Yeah.
2: So when you raise the glass, people immediately hit the glass? <laughs>
1: yeah, they're just like, Weird. a toast. Cheers, cheers. Gah, gah, gah. Oh, no. Or you start to make a toast. I'd like to make a toast to Erica. Cheers. Ting, 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 ting. I didn't even say why we're toasting Erica yet.
2: Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah.
1: But I think that's what his books are so, why they're so enjoyable is it's, yeah. it's slowing the, this everything down. It's giving a little kind of mannerly weight of... So anyway, what are you what are you reading now? Anything?
2: Well, I kept trying to read Billy Budd, and I am just not having luck with that. My it was my the uh, my dad told me to read it because he you know he read like seventy three classic yeah. novels and wrote a, a one line synopsis of each. Right. And so when he was dying, I was like, "What do you recommend I read?" And he's like, "Billy Budd," and then he's like, "Poor <laughs> Billy, <laughs> poor Billy." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Really? I should read Billy Budd?" He's like, "Yeah."
1: Was that his favorite?
2: I don't think so. But now I feel like it was a big joke because it's so (laughs) hard to read. Like, I feel like he was just kind of like messing with me. Oh, really? Yeah, a little. I think he liked it. I think he liked it. I think part of him, I think he kind of knew it would be a tough read. (laughs)
1: Because
2: he said it, when he said it, he said it sort of with a twinkle in his eye, kind of like, really, but, you know, like, good luck with that. (laughs) But he did like Melville a lot,
1: he did yeah, it's yeah. hard
2: though. have you tried reading Moby Dick or
1: I did years ago though, yeah, I
2: feel like that's a book you ask. Have you tried reading it? like it's polite to say that rather than have you read <laughs> <Right>. it
1: yeah, <laughs> have it's you one made of those an attempt yeah, it's probably one of those that everyone lies about having read yes it's what's so great about that though it's like that's seventy three books, and they're all classics. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. I and mean... The, and
1: then you roll into like a Barnes and & Noble and you're like, you pick up the latest whatever.
2: Yeah, but that's one thing my mom said that, uh, that was nice about my dad, which is she's like, he never wasted time on things that weren't great. Like he didn't listen to music that wasn't great. Right. He didn't read books that weren't great. He just went straight for the best of everything.
1: So smart.
2: Yeah, he didn't waste time.
1: I'm going through that with my daughter right now who's in a Kardashian... <laughs> run uh-huh you know what i mean and that's fine yeah. if you want some bubble gum everyone likes to chew on some bubble gum once in a while right but that's like the only diet is that kind of stuff
2: Uh oh it's like
1: that and whatever else and i'm like we have to make her watch good movies we yeah. we have to expose her to whatever
2: how old is she
1: 15 going on oh, 16 okay yeah that's she's got kind of a really a prime good sense of humor, yeah, she's gotta
2: for figuring out your taste and mm-hmm. what you actually like.
1: It's hard uh, anything with anything that feels like it wasn't made in the last five years. she's like, nope,
2: I just talked to a girl who was twenty five who had barely didn't really know who Johnny Carson was, yeah, like no idea, right. I was like, Whoa,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's scary. <laughs> I know, that's go. it. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of over.
2: Yeah, that's scary. Comedy
1: doesn't last. But you know, even great actors too. I bet she doesn't know.
2: Yeah, a lot of great act- or even or music. I bet she doesn't know who Mm-mm. Neil Young is.
1: Mhm. No. Oh my
2: gosh. What <laughs> what music does she listen to? Uh,
1: she listens to uh a lot of da- she's a dancer. Okay. So there's a lot of Moody Billy Eilish kind of music. I was making know.
2: fun of Billy Eil- Eilish in my act this week.
1: Were you? <laughs> I'm a bad man. I'm a bad
2: man. <laughs> like that's to me that's what it sounds you know, it, it sounds like kinda like ha) <laughs>
1: I was like, this it's is true. the biggest
2: pop star of our generation, of this generation. They're so and
1: moody. It's like,
2: but it's just, it's not really singing either. You know, it's not like a a sound that I, <laughs> that like hits me. Yeah. You know? Like it's not like a like.
1: It hits a teenage girl though. <sighs> it hits a teenage, I want to just feel sad for a while for no reason kind of a the moment. The
2: moody, the moody.
1: Which I get, you know. Yeah. But every time I listen to it, I'm like, where's Lord? What happened to Lord.
2: Lord depth. I really felt Yeah, what did happen to Lord? I don't know because, because there's like had, six
1: copies of Lord out there now who are I all I thought that
2: popular. Girl really had depth. She had something, yeah. you know, gritty about her.
1: Where's Lord?
2: What happened to Lord? She's
1: just throwing darts at a Billie Eilish dartboard or something right now.
2: And now they go back and try to save Britney all of a sudden like that's the whole thing, like And
1: then I see Britney on TikTok. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Should she really be in control of her own money? <laughs> that's what I mean, maybe if the dad's a bad guy, all right, I'll listen, but I don't That's know. What
2: I was thinking, I was like, we don't really know.
1: Yeah, you know. she's not rolling into Citibank and making r- the right choices. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like if they're not saving a previous pop star, yeah. then like do, can they still have a career? Like, can she just be a singer, or does she have to? Is, does there have to be some sort of, you know, high know moral? What? story behind it
1: who's making a poster save britney and walking around outside office buildings
2: apparently a lot of people i know she didn't ask to be saved like there's no they're like well we read into it she's you know she's posted (laughs) she posted a sunflower you know and they're like that means she's she needs our help she needs us (laughs) yeah that's the other
1: thing that they say that she's not in control of her own posts so she's like in in a hostage video When they're saying, when they're caught by the Vietnamese and you're saying, I'm okay. You're really blinking, you're in trouble.
2: I think they're reading, I think they just made this all up. Like, I don't think she's, (laughs) I think she's fine. You know, like I think she wanted to take a break and yeah, maybe there's some issues with her dad. And in that documentary, there's only one person in the entire thing who's like, you know, maybe we should just like leave her alone. <laughs> right. That was like Michael Moore. And it was like, yeah, maybe we should still leave yeah. her alone. <laughs> right. you know, maybe like, we maybe should be making
1: documentaries about her now. Yeah,
2: if she, if she wanted them to make a documentary, she would have been in it. Yeah. She didn't, she clearly had no desire to be, take any part in this. They're like, this no, is- legally she couldn't. And it's like, no, I think she could have. <laughs> she, and then there's the, the like her friend from like when she was 12 is on it. She's like, I'm on camera. Like, That's so exciting. I know. Right. Exactly. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, my god! Yeah, I knew her when she was five. She is very talented.
1: You know who didn't watch that documentary? You. Your dad.
2: My dad. Exactly. There's no way he would have watched no, that documentary. He would documentary. not have watched it.
1: No. He's reading Billy Bud for the third time.
2: Yes. <laughs> he really knew what to. Yeah, he knew what to listen to and
1: a book is such an investment. It's it like is. you want to know that like you should like, you know,
2: I haven't. Con- yeah, I, I should either decide to finish Billy Budd or yeah. start another. I was going to. Oh, I was. I brought her book, but I haven't started it yet. Jenny Slate's book of short stories. Oh, yeah. Um, I think my sister gave it to me for Christmas and I yeah, haven't. She's funny. Wow. That was a long time ago if it was Christmas, but
1: mm, not really.
2: Five months ago. No. Four months
1: ago. Aren't we March?
2: We're at the end of March.
1: Mm. Yeah, you are still okay. January,
2: February, March. Okay, three months.
1: Uh, well, what are you reading? Maybe I, I just should... read a, um, a book of essays by Jen Spira, who's a uh, writer, and she wrote on Colbert. I and know
2: that name, yeah. Are they good? So, so good. Yeah, is it funny?
1: Yeah, she's really funny.
2: Oh, cool.
1: <laughs> she's really good. She wrote this one, I uh, forget the name of it, about a basically about an actress from like the 20s who somehow ends up here now
0: and oh. she's like this
1: tough brassy broad who knows that you gotta sleep with the studio head and she's saying all things <laughs> of inappropriate things about every ethnic group and it's just so she's like no she's just that woman from that time and is right. here now and it's just <laughs>
2: and totally so out of place
1: totally out of place <laughs> and offending everyone <laughs> but learning that some of the stuff oh maybe i don't have to have oral sex with a studio head <laughs> it was just right it's really that, that
3: that's clever yeah
1: and there's another one called the snowman she's just great so i read that one It was really good and then i read some of obama's book oh i read How a bunch of that good very thoughtful, really, really smart, good. Uh, but now I'm kind of cut loose. Now I'm not sure what I'm going to read.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. in the same boat.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've, I've read a... Sedaris had... I
2: like Sedaris. So
1: funny. Yeah. And then he recommended these two writers. So I read them. But I feel like I should read like... A novel? Yeah. I'm I'm writing these snippets and I'm reading these snippets and... They're all good, but I, I feel it's like it's hard need a to little do a more.
2: short story, isn't it? It's that's a challenge.
1: Yeah, I write essays. Like my f- books were essays.
2: Yeah, that's what I've been doing on my blog. Right. Um, short story essays. Yeah. That's easier, I think. I mean, just because it's more personal in a way, right?
1: Yeah, to a point though.
2: Yeah. True. Then you kind of run out.
1: Yeah. Then yeah, you're like.
2: <laughs> then I'm like, I'm out do- of sto- I'm out of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now. Does everything have to be so? everything have to be really about my life because right. when I was you reading Jen's book it. it was just like so imaginative
2: right it was
1: just you know completely just let your mind go off
2: I watched Amy Tan's um Masterclass mm-hmm. and uh, did you ever read Joy Luck Club it's so a great Books. yeah so she was talking about that where it's like she's like you just you know you take your the truth of your life but then yeah you just open it up to anything and uh-huh. it seemed kind of exciting to write fiction
1: yeah a hundred percent
2: I guess that's the same thing with stand-up where it's like you start with sort of your life and then you then you're like I'm sick of talking about myself
1: right exactly let me just go off into
2: some other topics
1: yeah so much more freedom
2: how have you? How has your writing been during this? Like, have you been? Because I know you're you write every day.
1: Uh, it wasn't great for stand up because I wasn't yeah. performing stand up, so it wasn't. I know. Like you know, you can only carry some uh, certain amount of jokes around that haven't been tried. Right. And it's like, what's the point?
2: I know that's how I felt a little too.
1: You performed a lot though. I did. You just kept going. I know. You were just like. <laughs> Think more than anyone. Just quietly. Just I'm leaving on Thursday. Where are you going now?
2: <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not good with uh, downtime. Or yeah, like, just not working. I guess.
1: Yeah, you just kept on chugging along. People are like, no, this is this third wave is the really bad one, and you're like at the Hudson News me buying in Iowa. more gum. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've done Salt Lake City. or Three the wide- times. Yeah, three times. I did
2: all their clubs. That makes
1: sense. <laughs> <laughs> you just kept on going. <laughs> Good can't, for you. I can't
2: say I regret it because I've been, you no. know, knock on wood, I've been totally fine. Yeah. And, you know, I don't do like meet and greets after the shows and right. just show up and do the work and right. then I leave.
1: So you must have been still writing stuff and...
2: Yeah, but I've still, I still feel like I hit roadblocks a little bit with
1: mm-hmm.
0: it
2: just because we're not doing as much. So I felt like I wasn't experiencing that much. Like I'd be like, I've been watching this, you know, like right. I started getting a lot of material, like watching this documentary right, and that exactly. documentary.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Being home is really crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And but now isn't it's that- funny
2: because when you go out, if, you'll notice if you go out on the road and you're like, things are getting back to normal. They just stare at you like, what do you mean? Nothing has changed.
1: Because like, for them, they didn't it,
2: it, have a huge lockdown like we did, you know? know, and they've been back pretty much for the past five months, and they've right. been working, and and so when you say that, they they're all like, huh?
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Are they wearing masks in Salt Lake City?
2: Yeah, I mean, pretty much everywhere I've gone, they're wearing masks. Right. I don't think. But they've any just of,
1: been going to restaurants. But they've
2: still been yeah doing their life stuff.
1: Is that weird?
2: Yeah, it's odd. It's yeah. odd that like in some places you weren't allowed to eat inside and some places yeah. were. And when LA was totally locked down and you couldn't even eat outside, mm-hmm. that was kind of a strange time.
1: That was. Man, we're obsessed with restaurants.
2: <laughs> we really <laughs> you need know, <eat> our food. <laughs> we <laughs> really.
1: It's really like
2: how badly
1: <laughs> do people need to eat out. <laughs> Just learn to cook. It's nicer to be home sometimes.
2: I know. I feel like what's going to happen is as things are getting back to normal, we're going to be like, this wasn't as good as we remember. Like, none of this. <laughs> I know. Like, did we. Why did we want normal so bad? It's like, you know, the, yeah. there's lines now at the airport. Oh, my
1: God. I you know. You know, like
2: everybody's at the grocery store. Like,
1: it was a treat going through thing, security at yeah. the airport. There I used was to like,
2: have Burbank Airport to myself. Yeah. Now I have to share it. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> It really is that, like, all right, you want everyone to come back? Okay. Yeah,
2: I, I don't. I'd I rather know. just keep traveling without all that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no way around it, though. I know. It's coming. I know. But, man, I, yeah, when we did that show together in in Burbank.
2: That was fun. It
1: was fun. That was,
2: like, one of the first shows, like, locally
1: yeah. I had done. Yeah, and you were like, you were like, I almost feel like I've got to be quiet that I'm performing <laughs> on the road. Cause people are the people that weren't going. It yes. was the people that weren't going that were, that were millionaires already who were right. like, people shouldn't be performing. Yeah, It's like, what? It's like, <laughs> How like, about like, I have to pay for my rent?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I think I wrote that to. And uh, I got, I got a little heat from it at the oh, beginning yeah. and people were like, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, okay, pay my rent. Here's my Venmo. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. If you want to tell me what to do. And- yeah.
1: There's a club in a city that's deemed it safe. Why shouldn't yeah. I be there performing? And,
2: and I did, you know, I had to prepare that special and I wanted to like, you know, run some stuff in places. So, so. when's the
1: special come out? April 13th. April 13th. Yeah. All It's right, get close. This Coming is perfect. Up. Yeah. That's good.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. I wasn't sicking it up for that, but. It's pretty timely. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's convenient.
1: Yeah, that's great. You feeling pretty good?
2: Yeah, you know, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel great.
1: <laughs>
2: it, I think I'm just yeah tough on myself. So there's always, always, always things I'm like, oh, I wish you know I did this differently or that differently. But
1: you wait to make a special like you you walk around when you're not doing it thinking. I want to put a special out. Right. And as soon as you do it, you're like, you're like oh, is uh, anyone going to watch it?
2: Yeah. Don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then they
1: watch it, and you're like, oh, they like it. Okay, everybody watch it.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember when my my album came out, I was shocked that any, anyone listened to it. Like I was just like, oh, really? You're listening to it? Oh, well, people are listening to it. I just
1: did this for myself.
2: Yeah. I thought I would just do it, and it would just kind of fade. You yeah. know, it was kind of shocking
1: that. <laughs> well, it's good you worked hard on it.
2: Yeah, and you gave me good advice before. You were like, "Slow down." I could have slowed down even more, but
1: well, that was hard. I mean, you're outside.
2: I know it's very different performing for cars.
1: Uh, I'm. I think I'm almost there where I will have gotten through the pandemic without cars for cars. Yeah. Did
2: you do Zoom though?
1: I did a couple Zooms. A Couple zooms. zooms. Yeah, and then you I would do the, like
2: you liked doing the one where you couldn't hear the audience.
1: No. That's tough. Did not like that. that I just did tough. one. The same uh, Rush Ticks who we did Dr. Katz with. Um, I did one with them the night before Dr. Katz. I was
2: scared to do a show with them because I just needed... I need to hear the audience. I can't Well,
1: they let you hear the audience. Oh, they do? They're so... They're the best one.
2: Oh, okay. Because
1: I could hear... They turn the mics on for like 20 people. Oh, good. And then you could hear it, which was such a difference because I did one for Gilda's Club and the tech was wonky and I couldn't hear it and... I realized when I did the one where I could hear it that I went way too fast in the other one because right. the laughs were rolling and I could actually pause like I was in a live club
2: Yeah, and
1: really wait. And I did not do that on the other ones. Mm. No, they're good. If you're going to, if you want to do one, I would recommend them for sure. Okay. If, yeah. Yeah. Now,
2: now I'm just doing live. Like I'm going yeah. next week to North Carolina. Good nights. Good nights. Nice, which I love. Yeah, and then I'm going uh, to Seattle, and
1: oh, nice. I think You're busy. May,
2: May will be less busy, but
1: that's good. Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, that's another thing about opening it up and stuff. It's like in the beginning because I did a handful also.
2: Yeah, through
1: November, and then. It was kind of nice. It was kind of like going through security. It was like, oh, I'm the only one out here. This is great.
2: Right, yeah. And
1: then now we're going to go back to looking on Instagram and seeing everybody performing everywhere. I know. Showing you like the arenas that they're playing.
2: Right. (laughs) Look at us. They're comeback tours (laughs) that I'm still like.
1: Yeah, what? (laughs) I've been doing this the whole time. (laughs) So spinach balls.
2: yeah. This does look good by the way. I'm looking at it like whoa.
1: Yeah, it is good. It's a it's a nice Is that
2: and you said it was a French
1: It's a French bread.
2: French bread. Which
1: is pretty much a white bread. And
2: mm. then
1: you've got cookies. Wow. And now you don't have to cook tonight.
2: This is amazing. Do you have
1: good butter? Probably um, you go to that fancy place.
2: Yeah, but sometimes they get the vegan butter, which you know, is not good butter.
1: It's good on toast though.
2: True. I like get my, it. I'm gonna take out my toaster for this. <laughs> this is a special plug thing. it in
1: <laughs> get those books on put it on top get a couple extension cords you'll be making toast in no time
2: <laughs> sometimes I, yeah sometimes I'll like notice what I'm actually the way I actually live and if someone saw it they'd just be like what is she doing yeah. and I'm like perfectly happy doing that but it just look like from the outside it would look insane yeah like, pulling it out put it there then pull this up then
1: <laughs> it's not good
2: I did get a really nice coffee maker, though, and that has made all the difference in my life. Really? The kind that grinds the beans Mm and then, you know, does the whole thing.
1: And it's like an espresso thing or a pour over thing?
2: No, it's like a pour, it's pour over, but it's, it, like you can use full beans, so it it. doesn't, yeah.
1: That really makes a huge difference. It
2: really does. Just
1: smelling that in the morning?
2: Yes. It is the best feeling in the world.
1: It really is. It completely changes everything.
2: Yeah, because I'll put it on, and then I'll shower, and then I'll come out, and my whole apartment will smell like coffee. Oh, it's like heaven.
1: The best. There's, um, I spoke to a writer who's going to be on this episode, actually.
2: Oh, who? Cool.
1: Uh, H. Claire Brown. And she wrote a whole article on the people that lose their te- sense of taste and smell from COVID for like that's a year. It's tough. And one of the things that's really offensive to them is the smell of coffee. It smells like rubber. There's like a process... It's the same as uh, browning meat and and uh, coffee being um, turned into coffee from the bean.
0: Yeah. That
1: element when the heat but gets that certain point, best. which is so the best feeling of your life Yeah, <laughs> for these poor people. It's like one of the worst.
2: Jeez. I was convinced I had COVID. Like I was one of those people who was like, I got it already yeah. like, last year. Mm-hmm. But I didn't ever notice losing my sense of taste or yeah, smell.
1: Probably didn't. I get lost it.
2: my appetite though. You did for like a week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think you had it. Really? You just had a cranky I... week.
2: <laughs> no, I was like pretty sick though.
1: Did you get a antibody test?
2: No, because by the time they were doing that, it would have been too late. They said it only it only shows up after like a month or so, or a couple. A weeks. friend of
1: mine. Um, has had it, had it really early and she still has the antibodies.
2: Really? I mm-hmm. guess I could get the test, but what difference? Get the vaccine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did you get it yet?
2: No. It's
1: time but to But I got up. a
2: negative test yesterday.
1: That's good. Yeah. Why'd you get tested yesterday?
2: Because I have to do an animated thing tomorrow. Oh, nice. and I have to go into the studio and they required it.
1: Well, I'm going to let you go, but, um, oh, okay. The, uh, Continued uh, success. You've been really kicking butt.
2: Oh, thanks. We did have Tom. to get you TM.
1: That's our project. We have to yes. get you TM.
2: I hope this was funny enough. I feel very. I feel like I was doing what you said you don't like, which is being very earnest.
1: No, I thought we had a lot of laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did we? What were we so serious about? I don't think so. <laughs> feel like I was
2: kind of serious.
1: <laughs> that was as serious as we get. <laughs> <laughs> I was still uncomfortable.
2: Being concerned about how serious I
1: was. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, But wait, there was something else I wanted to mention. Um, You're going to get TM. You're going to eat all your cookies. Yes, these
2: look amazing. Do you want
1: one? Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. One of the best meals on the road ever when oh. we were in Cleveland.
2: Oh, my gosh. It was so good. What did we order again? But everything was...
1: I was going to ask you that.
2: What did we order? I don't
1: know. We had great wine. Did
2: we order a fish thing?
1: I don't think so. Maybe.
2: Are you going to go back to Cleveland at some point? I
1: or... am. That restaurant that is, is closed. So... Talk about the COVID you thing. You got
2: to find out where that chef went, though. I talked to him
1: on my radio show. You did? Yes. Lola. How many shows
2: do you have, Tom? I don't know. Got, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm doing your other show in, like, a week.
1: I have a lot of shows. <laughs> what are you going to do when you're not performing?
2: I know. No, you're always busy.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm singing a Billie Eilish song about myself. Oh, yeah. Will you do it? Uh,
2: uh, I've got a show. Gonna, I've got a show.
1: No, but that restaurant's gone. So and I sad. Yeah, Michael... Oh, I'm spacing on his name, Lola. It was one of the first, like, really great restaurants in Cleveland. Oh, wow. During this current run. And uh, yeah, it's done.
2: What's your favorite restaurant in LA?
1: Hmm. It was Medeo, which was this great Italian place, classic Italian place down below Beverly. Mm. And they're redoing that whole building. So it's moved to another location. And it's not the same.
2: There's a great italian restaurant and larchmont oh yeah have you ever been to any of those restaurants Mm-mm. it's italian i th- think they the pasta felt very homemade and everything. oh yeah it's really good there's another one in culver city that's a really good italian restaurant
1: it's like- panzanella's in the valley is really good mm-hmm. um but yeah i haven't been at you know we haven't been going to a lot of places.
2: You haven't got you haven't eaten out much?
1: Not too much.
2: I've only gone out maybe three times this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I know.
1: It's always weird to be like sitting in a crummy version of the restaurant on the curb yeah it's like what well, i don't know i don't
2: know there's something kind of nice about it, it depending on it the right. cur- yeah, depending on which curve <laughs>
1: depending on the curb yeah exactly because a friend of mine stayed by one by a bus stop and oh, you know, just got hit no. by a bus oh no <laughs> yeah. i was like horrible. well is this worth having appetizers <laughs> out no. not really just stay home and wait for it to move inside <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep yeah
1: yeah all oh, right well you're the best
2: you are too tom Thanks good luck so with much. billy Bunn. Thank you. Yeah, I, I just realized we talked about Billy Eilish and Billy Budd. Oh, this is Billy, the Billy program? Yeah, the Billy theme. But I will try. I will try to finish Billy, but it is not a a long book.
1: It's just, you you posted your dad's list of those seventy.
2: Yeah, it's such a good list. Yeah. Did you read any of it? Because
1: I remember seeing the list and I'll thinking this is a great you. guide. Yeah.
2: It's so clever. He's and everything's just summed up in one phrase. That's so you know? great. It's very clever. Yeah,
1: send that along because okay. I remember seeing it and thinking this is would be a good guide.
2: Yeah, it's because a because I
1: always list. Cause it's nice to read stuff that's new and like what's going on, but it's right. also those classic ones are just
2: I know. You just
1: like you said, like he didn't waste time. You you feel like better when right. you're done Right, your, with your them.
2: brain feels different.
1: Yeah, yeah, which we could use. You
2: should read Joy Luck Club. Actually, that's a great.
1: I'm book. too busy. All right. Thanks, Erica. Thanks, Tom. And now an interview with H. Claire Brown. She is a writer. She's written for a lot of things. I found her article in The Counter, uh, which is a really good food-based site. They, They talk about all different issues about where we get our food, how we get our food, all of the politics and troubles involved with the things that just seem to appear on our plates, but there's so much going on in the mechanisms behind it all. But we're going to start off speaking specifically about insomnia, these poor people that have lost their taste and smell from COVID and don't get it back. So enjoy this interview with H. Claire Brown. Well, thanks so much for being here. You're, You're a great writer I have so many questions. Uh, I want to talk to you about the the COVID insomnia, the no smell, no taste article that you wrote. But I also, if you don't mind, if we could touch on some other stuff because we're, you know, this is a this is a food and comedy uh, podcast primarily, and there's so many interesting things going on in food distribution and how we live and all of these kind of things. So if we could touch a little on that at the end, that would be super cool if you're up for it.
3: Yeah, of course.
1: All right, great. So your article was terrifying. Um, it was, uh, I had just met with my pal Dave Keckner who's the really funny actor from The Office and Anchorman, and he's just this great guy. And he let it be known that he hasn't had smell or taste for a year. And everything tastes like tin. And then I saw your article, and it was even scarier than he was describing. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we started hearing, you know, early in the summer and then much more in the fall from chefs and food professionals who were losing their sense of smell. And, you know, there's estimates that like 80% of people who have COVID lose smell at some point, wow. but most tend to get it back in a week or two.
1: Right, right. And how, what, do you have a handle on what percentage are these long haulers where they just lose it for a long time?
3: So I couldn't find any estimates for the United States at all. Again, I think this is really kind of an emerging issue still. Um, There was one estimate really early on. I want to say it was like in May in the UK that estimated 100,000 people in the country would end up with a long-term smell loss. But judging by the number of people who have kind of joined Facebook groups and have contacted the charities that support... um, people who have lost taste and smell. It, it sounds like there's quite a few people who have been impacted.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, te- I think the thing that really <laughs> terrified me was the tying of it to uh, that pastry chef and the vegan chef. I, I, I hadn't, I just thought about regular people losing their sense of smell, but then when your livelihood is Dealing with food and your passion and everything that you – your heart and soul that you put into the world of food and flavors, for those people, it's really got to be maddening.
3: Yeah, yeah. I actually – I talked to two pastry chefs for this article, and one of them just could not work for a long time because he didn't trust – anything that he was making. You know, you you wow. swap in the sugar for the salt, and if you don't bake it and something doesn't happen texturally, there's you wouldn't necessarily know that you made right. that
1: mistake. Jeez Louise, it was uh the the vegan chef, I think, in the mm-hmm. article, she was saying that um that for her the joy was even more was the taking the cookies out of the oven, smelling smelling it, having that, even more than eating the cookie. And I understand that because when I'm, whenever I'm baking bread or baking, I just like, I just love that thing, that the house is filled with it and that that was absent from her life. Oof.
3: Yeah. And then she had this initial period of time where she completely lost her sense of smell and then like a lightning bolt, it came back, but everything was distorted, which she, she said was actually worse for her.
1: Oh, ah, what do you mean? How is it distorted?
3: So it's this condition called parosmia, which is kind of a subset of smell loss conditions where uh-huh. you start to just get really intense smell distortion. So some people talk about Shower water becoming um, something that they can't tolerate, or the smell of um, the Maillard reaction, which is the browning when you brown meat, will become intolerable, and right. a lot of like trigger smells will become impossible to kind of grapple with.
1: Yeah, I never, I'd never heard of that reaction. The Maillard reaction is the same as when coffee um, is not roasted, but when coffee. F- the water hits the coffee, I guess.
3: Yeah, it's basically like a catch-all term for the browning. So it uh-huh. releases specific chemical compounds. So like roasting coffee beans would be the same as browning a steak because the reaction refers to this family of chemicals that scientists believe is a trigger for parosmia.
1: Oh, oh. oh, oh it really i i hate to make too much of it but when i was reading the article it just it was like a scary movie that just kept getting worse like it was like steak oh no and then the coffee and i was like oh no i couldn't have, if you if you took coffee out of my life i don't know what i would do <laughs> Yeah.
3: People, I think the people that I interviewed for the story said it really, really threw them, especially people whose life, like you said, revolved around food. It was just kind of this very, in a time when we've all experienced a very fundamental difference to the way Mm -hmm. our daily life progresses, it was like yet another layer of profound disorientation and really loss on top of all
1: of that. Yeah. And, it's such an interesting thing, isn't it? That the brain just has to rewire itself to try and get it back. It's like, it's this v- really kind of creepy... I watched Mars Attacks last night. Remember that movie when those little aliens come and they just... Are, and their whole heads are just brains. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally was thinking of your article. Like, because they literally... It has to hardwire itself. And that's that was my question that I wanted to see if you... Um, If I could pass on to Dave, is it possible to train your brain to get it to like work out and try and try and push it so it can start to relearn or re and is it are they actually rebuilding the circuits?
3: So, yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take that one thing as at a time. So what happens (laughs) with anosmia They're still working on figuring out exactly what happens, but Mm -hmm. they suspect that it's actually the cells that support the neurons that are used for smell and not the neurons themselves, which is why most people get it back in a couple of weeks because those support Uh cells regenerate. Now, what happens with parosmia, it's like a literal rewiring. So the scientist that I talked to said that she thought that the um, neurons that somehow get damaged on the path to your brain somehow right. grow back and rewire and kind of basically plug into the wrong receptor
0: in your oh,
1: brain. Oh. Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> it was so crazy when uh, um, I forget his first name, Burke, the pastry chef, when it came back when he was eating Chinese food and it was just like this it was almost felt like a like a, a wave hit him, like all mm-hmm. of a sudden after not tasting for so long, that had to be a special day. <laughs>
3: Yeah. And I think that wave is really emotional too, right? It had been, Yeah. I think for him, it was four or five months total of just this incredible, and he had a, a lot of other long COVID symptoms too. So it was just this very, very difficult stretch of time. And then Thanksgiving weekend, boom, it was like, we're going to get through this.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Well, it's, I, I hope that, uh, I keep, I keep, uh, sending dave anything i can find i'm like i I found these um essential oils and i'm like i want you to use your nose like rocky and just keep smelling each one every day
3: (laughs) well it's funny you say that that's like the one treatment that doctors really do recommend it's called smell training Oh, really? Yeah, and basically you just take essential oils or some people take spices and you kind of just, there's a lot of recommendations online about how to actually smell, but uh-huh. the theory is that you're stimulating those neurons and that it it's not gonna hurt to do something like that.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I'm like, I want you to put your nose in a sweatsuit, <laughs> <laughs> do some stretching and get out there and train it because it's really, he... He doesn't seem too mentally distraught by it, but everything tastes like tin. Everything is, um, it's just like, it's just an absence of it. He's not going crazy from it, but he's just not enjoying it as much.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I talked to a portrait artist who said that it's, it felt like the world had lost color.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's exactly what I would think. I, uh, I'm so glad I got the vaccine. <laughs> oh man so why did you start um how did you start writing um about food was it something that always interests you or your did your did you did it just kind of happen that you started to get more jobs that were in that department and you kind of went down that or do, do you have a passion for food
3: yeah I was always really interested in food and you know I kind of worked on farms for a few months realized I'm way too lazy for that kind of work. (laughs) Where
1: where did you do that?
3: (laughs) Um, I did a stint in Virginia and then I was actually did foraging for like wild mushrooms and stuff in Vermont for a month or two. Wow. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it's just I don't like nature quite enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you really do have to love it. (laughs) It's intense work. Mm-hmm. So you figured, I'll just go write about this stuff.
3: It wasn't quite that direct, <laughs> but eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so when we talk about this kind of, there's kind of like this movement in in America and pretty much globally, but we'll just deal with, uh, with America. With these smaller farms, you know, whether they're producing... Uh, meat or whether they're producing these wheat farms or uh, or just this sustainable uh, ways to kind of connect a community back to their to the roots and it all seems always seems to me so noble and always seems so instinctually correct it seems like well we have these giant corporations that which I know you kind of need because there's seven billion people looking for lunch at the same time <laughs> every day. So there's got to be some way to to satisfy that. But then this other model of like using, um, just being a little more thoughtful and, and from the consumer end of it, and then these small farms and providers working in kind of like this little ecosystem. But is this, is it economically sustainable that we can go back to these small farms that feed a smaller part of the population, or is it just daydreaming?
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's a question for the ages. You know, I think it's hard for a massive institution like a school system or a hospital system to be able to get enough food from mm-hmm. a small farmer too, you know, they need to be able to say, we're going to get a thousand pounds of sweet potatoes every day. And a lot of small farms don't know exactly when those sweet potatoes are going to be ready. They don't know how quickly they're going to get them. Right. So there's a focus on kind of re-regionalizing the food system in a way that might Um, it's not necessarily like just tiny farms and just gigantic farms. It kind of is Uh based on this idea that if you can kind of reorganize small farms to have access to distributors who can then serve those big institutions, then maybe that's a way to have a food system that's a little bit kinder to the environment and kinder to farm workers and kinder, Mm -hmm. you know, and better in terms of nutrition than what we have at the moment.
1: Right. And does it seem like it's, Profitable enough for the powers that be to push in this direction?
3: You know, that's an ongoing conversation. One of the yeah. biggest things we're reporting on right now is climate change, right? So mm-hmm. the USDA gives these gigantic, gigantic subsidies to lots and lots of farms. I think it was, it was in the tens of billions of dollars during the Trump administration. And mm-hmm. in the past, those have come with virtually no strings attached. The conversation now with the change in administration is a lot more about how can we use this money to incentivize uh, more environmentally friendly Practices, Mm -hmm. Um, and it still remains to be seen where that will go. You know, a lot of people say the science is still kind of out on the carbon-friendly practices that you're proposing, where they say we don't want to do this in the first place. Um, So it's very much, I think, up for grabs.
1: Right, man. That's a that's a whole nother wrinkle. I mean, it's so fascinating the struggle for the farmers it's always been a puzzle to me like from from Willie Nelson's farm aid like the, from the time they started shining a light on on how how the profit margin is so small and all this crazy work and sitting there with you know tons of crops that never get used and and all of like just making that business work always it's it seems like on its face like it should be such a simple you grow it you harvest it you sell it you make your money, enjoy your next year it's more complex than that and then to throw the climate change the environmental practices on top of that, I could see a lot of these farmers spitting tobacco out of the out of the corner of their mouth like you want me to do what now <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I wish I had the statistic in front of me, but it's something like the the amount of a dollar that you spend on food that makes it back to the farm is so tiny now. It used to be much simpler. You know, farmer sells to grocery store. Now it's farmer sends to packager or processor, sends to distributor, sends to blah, blah, blah. And a lot of kind of money gets eaten up in that process.
1: Right, right. What other issue besides climate change do you, are you interested in do you think is going to be the conversation is it the workers It seems like there's a lot of articles that you 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 tend to shine a light on kind of the the tough practices for for workers not just in farming but kind of all 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 along the chain
3: absolutely and i think you know covid kind of showed a lot of people who may not have been paying much attention to the people who work in slaughterhouses, for instance.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, there was just so much in the news about spread at meatpacking plants and spread yeah. on farms. Um, and there's some interesting policy movement on that, right? There's some um, a, pro- a proposal from the Democrats to grant a lot of farm workers citizenship status over time. Mm-hmm. So folks that are already in the U.S. and working in farming would have a pass way to citizenship which right. most do not currently have. So I think there is a lot of movement there right now in the same way that there is with climate change.
1: Right. It's uh it's it's sometimes it's just so daunting like when i was going through your articles it was like oh i didn't even know this was a problem i didn't even know that i didn't know that amazon workers have to work live off food stamps what's you know what i mean it's sometimes it's like you go about your life and you know what the big problems are and then you're like wait who's abusing who now <laughs> it's got to be pretty satisfying for you as a writer to to get in and start uncovering this stuff and digging up the facts on these different kind of weightier Topics and making them a little more palatable for uh, for just your regular reader.
3: Yeah, you know, there's no end to the number of things we can write about. It's definitely more of a... Issue to figure out what to focus on than to find stories in general, but I've been on this beat for almost six years now, and it never ceases to amaze me how much I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. We're so big. So, how do you feel about New York? Are you uh, are you eating out? Are you eating in the in the little tents? My friend calls it um, a worse version. Where they, all these restaurants have to build a worse version of their restaurant out on the curb. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah i have i have eaten like at picnic table style settings i have not eaten indoors that just feels like a little a, a little bit of a stretch too far pre-vaccine here but some of these little outdoor tents are very very cute i have not eaten yeah. the like enclosed little tents but there's like new york magazine here has done profiles on like the cutest outdoor setups and some of them are like <laughs> Really, they've got beautiful houseplants. It's painted a very pretty color. It looks amazing.
1: Yeah, I know. I um, they were saying that the the comedy store, the comedy cellar down in the village, is actually going to start doing shows this week. Whoa! So yeah, so there's going to be actually people inside. I guess they're. I guess we're. I guess maybe we're getting there. I don't yeah. know.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, guess, I mean, I think restaurants are at fifty percent here, and they're talking about stadium shows and, and sporting events. And, I right. you know, it's like, it feels so remote to me now that I don't actually know the day to day on what's going on with sports. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's right. like,
3: you know, once I get my shot, maybe I'll start paying more attention to that. But it's, it seems <laughs> like it's moving very, very fast.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. It's amazing how in just a couple of weeks it went from you heard of like one person who had the vaccine and now it's like every other person seems to be, be getting it. It's uh, it's it's pretty helpful. So, what's your favorite thing to eat in Brooklyn before you go?
3: Oh, oh, that's a good question. Um, I have to think about that. Um, There's this little um, Italian sub shop on the way to uh, on the bike ride to the beach. So I'm kind of in the center of Brooklyn, and you can kind of bike straight for eight or ten miles and be at the beach.
1: Oh, nice. Um,
3: And there's all these cool neighborhoods that you, you know, I normally wouldn't visit otherwise that are on the way. And there's this really amazing Italian, um, sandwich shop called Latore pork store that I haven't been to in a couple of years now because, you know, last summer was kind of a lost summer. And then maybe I went here before that, but you know, just a kind of classic Italian sandwich is really, really hard to beat.
1: Oh, that's so good. One of my favorite places in, um, in Soho is a place called Alidoro, Mm -hmm. which is the same thing. It's the, the shop is half the size of the room that you're in. (laughs) There's one little line and just cranking out sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. You really, you really can't beat it. That was actually a funny thing in in your article when, when he was talking about how he just enjoys food now. And he got, when he finally got it back and that, and that he was eating like a horrible sub sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) He says, this is just garbage, but I'm just loving it so much.
3: (laughs) I love that. And that was so, you know, it was so relatable when he said that I was like, oh yeah. Like he was talking about like, he was like, I feel like I can taste the curing process that they did on the meat. And it was just his, his taste was at 11 and it was so nice to be able to hear him talk about that moment.
1: Yeah. So great. Well, thanks for spending some time. And um, is there any other tip I can give Dave? Smell his oils and that's I'm, it, right?
3: Yeah, I've heard that time is the number one thing. And a lot of people, you know, I will say I interviewed a lot of people who had had it like there's other post viral anosmia, there's cancer related anosmia, there's head trauma related anosmia. So there's whole mm-hmm. population of people who lost their sense of smell 10 years ago. And, right. you know, the, their kind of silver lining in all of this was there's going to be so much research about how smell works and how smell loss works yeah. now that there's this much bigger population who's suffering from. And so they were feeling hopeful that a little bit more attention would be paid to the condition and and maybe that would lead to some more cures.
1: Right. That's great. Well, you had your hand in it. (laughs) 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 Thanks for spending some time. I really appreciate it.
3: Great. Thanks so much for having me.
1: All right. I'll see you when I get to New York. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) And now... It's time for a quick bite with our good pal Joe Coy.
0: Joe,
4: how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Are you okay? Are you, Are you sound? The cops? Are are there cops? Are you, are there cops or, or what's
0: wrong? No, I. Oh. It's worse than that. What is I, it? I was doing a podcast the other day, uh-huh. and I and I was doing the intro. And then I highlighted, and we're going to give a quick call to our friend Joe Coy because he's got a new book coming out. Yes. And now, I'm, and then I was like, "Oh my God, wait a minute! I don't know where Joe is." <laughs> <laughs> I was at the Grand Canyon. No way. Yes. Is In that part place. of your book
4: tour? <laughs> I, I, you know what I did, Tom? I, I literally rented a bus last second. I called all the kids, all the cousins. And I packed them up, and we went to the Grand Canyon. Now we're on our way to Sedona, and then after no. that, we're going to Roswell to see some aliens.
0: That's amazing.
4: Yeah, these kids' heads are blowing right now. That that Grand
0: Canyon was amazing. It was so cool. Oh man, I haven't seen it probably in fifteen years. Oh
4: yeah, I think every time you go and see it, it's just it's overwhelming. Every time you look at it, it's amazing. Yeah,
0: God, that's so great. Yeah. So, what are you guys? What are you guys eating along the along the way?
4: Uh, nothing but healthy food. Uh, yesterday was French fries and uh, <laughs> and, and tacos. Uh. <laughs> uh,
0: nice, good road uh, trip. Did you stash the bus? Oh no, the
4: bus is beautiful. We stash, yeah, I, I, you know wh- what I love is I get the kids. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this every year, but you know due to COVID we couldn't go on our annual trip, and I, I was just like man. What can I do to make this fun? And, and this was like yeah. the best. This was the best idea. The tour bus. Yeah. On, they all got their own bunks. I oh, told them whatever great. they want. We're going to truck stops. Run a bunk. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. Be you know, me
4: healthy. Um, Get what you want. Let's use the corporate card. We'll write it off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing you there. You you never feel more powerful than when yeah. you, you take your kids or your nieces and nephews into into like a Seven Eleven and just oh. say. Anything you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
4: have that three dollar frozen coke. Get it?
0: <laughs> uh, they look at you like you're a hero. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so congrats on the book. The book is going is going really well. Oh, thank you so much. It, it's it's
4: I can't believe it's happening. Uh, my so favorite great. part, Tom, was going into a bookstore with my son. First time ever seeing it on a bookshelf. Yeah. I had to make sure I did it with my son.
0: Uh, and we went sorry. in together,
4: it was on the shelf, we grabbed them all, uh, we signed them, and uh, the store put stickers on it, and we left uh, them there.
0: Ah, uh, oh, it's uh, the best.
4: And, uh, yeah, and just seeing the people react, you know, after you post it. That's what I love about social media, you just put it up, yeah. and people react. Whereas back in the day, you're like, I signed them, I hope they're not there still. And yeah, then go back a month later, he's
0: like, Damn, <laughs> it's still there. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the funny yeah. The, the funny part is when uh, like after it's been out for a while, and then you go into the bookstore and you're like, where is it? And you see him like back in the humor section. There's like two copies left. Yeah, and then, and then you gotta like you have to grab them and bring them up to the front and stash them in front. <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's so it's cool.
0: great! But people
4: bought them. We're, we're sold out, man.
0: So great. That's amazing. And, and who was the the post you were presenting the book to someone? It was like a friend of yours or a family member? They were uh, like man. 90 years old.
4: Oh, my God. That's Denise. That's my next door neighbor.
0: Oh, it's your neighbor. And,
4: yeah. And we're like, I love that woman so much. But she lives by herself. But, you know, we, we we go there as much as we can to, you know. Uh, hanging out with her and
0: uh yeah. oh, that's and great.
4: unfortunately when I was on the road she you know she she went to the hospital because she had a, a little bit of a stroke. Yeah. And uh and I was just I was just so happy to get to the hospital. You know with COVID only one only one person could visit a day.
0: Oh uh, wow. Wow. So it was
4: like, you know, and I, I was so happy I got in there, got to see the book that I've been talking about for two years.
0: Yeah, you could tell she was so proud of you. Yeah. She she looked so sweet. and Just the way she was caressing the book and looking at you was so great. It
4: was great. You know, she got got her approval because, you know, I've been talking about for so long. Man, you know, she had to be in the hospital. And I was like, I hope this makes you happy and gets you out uh, because that's all she needs right now
0: is that love. Awesome, awesome. All right, I'm going to let you go. Um, What have you eaten today? Joe? Joe! Oh, man. I can't believe it. Joe's gone. Well, I'm going to say that Joe, I can't make up what he ate. Well, he's in a bus. He's on a road trip. (sighs) I would have hung up, too. That's our show,
1: everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe. That was a great show. Great guests. Great topics. I hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe so we can uh, make sure that you always, uh, you don't miss an episode. And make sure that you give us lots of stars and lots of likes and all of that good love. Keep it going. You guys are the best. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time.